0: Hello and welcome to episode three of Bits and Chill. Our guest this week is Jim Reed of Jim Reed Vehicle Sales and Service. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you found this episode. I hope you enjoy this week's interview with Jim. Jim, thanks very much for coming on the podcast. No problem at all. Uh, as I mentioned before we started, uh, there's only one rule for the podcast, and that is that you have to bring a drink with you. So. What is it you've brought along today?
1: And And uh, I have brought, believe it, well, I mean, I'll ask you a question.
0: uh uh-huh.
1: <laughs> What do you think, am I beer man, a wine man, or a spirits man?
0: I would say probably spirits man. You've got a bit of a whiskey drinker about you, I think, ah. possibly.
1: <laughs> <The> red nose.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's definitely not that.
1: I do actually drink whiskey. Uh, that is one of my faves. Mm-hmm. Uh, a nice mug. Actually, a uh, monkey shoulder. I love Highland Park. I love. Uh, there's, there's a lot of space side whiskies. I do like space white whiskies. However, when I'm sitting and relaxing at home, it's red wine, believe it or not. Red wine, okay. I'm a wine drinker. Yes. Right.
0: A Merlo. Yeah, Merlot. Yeah,
1: uh, okay. Merlot. And I'm nearly really, I can I'm really into into wine as as such, David. But you know, nice Merlot, something you know, creamy and the uh, jammy. You know, like I, 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 it's, this isn't the one that I'm actually drinking. But like jam Shed you get for Tesco and I'm sure other other good <laughs> other good sources okay. like there. But Jam Shed's are lovely. It's all it's a nice sweet. So that's one, okay. one I like. But it's okay. a red wine I've got.
0: Interesting, good stuff. Um, uh, I've got a beer, um, it's one from 71 Brewing, uh, which I believe are based in Dundee and it's uh, called Luminous Lights and it's a New England hazy IPA, very nice indeed, uh, very drinkable, kind of light, Um, so like 5.2%, so we're not not crazy on the the strength side, so it's very uh, suitable for a Sunday afternoon. Um, yeah. Just a, a quick question on the uh, back on the wine, Jim. I actually, I went through a phase a few years ago drinking wine. And I, I Merlot was kind of one of my favourites as well, but also uh, quite like a Pinot Noir for ever right, for a meal. That's mm-hmm. one of the go-to's for us. So, as you say, quite kind of s- smooth and creamy. is Normally, the ones I would go mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, good stuff. Right. And maybe maybe start start off um, on the on the business side of things, if you, Jim. If you could uh, maybe just give me a quick kind of. Career history of yourself, kind of maybe right back from I don't know leaving school or whatever feels appropriate, um, up until mm-hmm. present day. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, I'm a,
1: I am second youngest of six of a family, believe it or not. We're a big family, and they come from a farming background up in Keith originally. They moved through to Aberdeenshire area in 1985, I think it was. And that was just as I left school, I was just 16 in, in, in the November, and I left school. Uh, my dad, prior to that, in the summertime, had given myself and my brother the opportunity to take over the farm, which we both declined. Uh, and I know you come from a farm background as well, David, so you'll appreciate how hard that work actually is and how... Life consuming, it is, and it's yep. something that I had fancied for myself. And at a very early age, of obviously 15 at a time getting an offer, although completely flattered with it, I decided not to take it up because I thought there must be more to life than that. Mm-hmm. So, believe it or not, mom and dad and uh, the family, because we were the last, it was just myself and my sister left at the house, uh, we decided to, to sell up the farm, believe it or not, and move towards Aberdeen at that time, obviously the oil capital of Europe. And thought there'd be a good chance of me getting a job there. And just prior to leaving school, because I was actually a, a late leaver in the in the December, I got an opportunity to to join. It would have been called the YTS scheme at the time. It was Youth Training Scheme. It was actually a government-led scheme. Prior to that, it was called the YOP scheme, a Youth Opportunity. Uh, is what it's uh, so it was called. So used to be called a I believe it or not. And what it was, it was a lead-in to and apprenticeship, that's how it actually worked. So all those people in the, in the late 40s and the early 50s will remember the YOP scheme and the YTS scheme. So it was a way of getting an opportunity, like a leg up into the into the apprenticeship side of things. So I went to a Press and Journal Advert, that's where you actually got your adverts before, obviously well before I was at internet time. And you looked obviously for job opportunities in the Press and Journal on a Friday, that was jobs day. And we saw a training thing, and I thought, hmm, I'll give it a wee try. It was in motor industry. And went along to White mayor's Avenue, I think it was called, in, in Aberdeen, Maastricht, uh, to Grampy Motor Training, and was interviewed there. And it wasn't a particularly hard interview. You, I think anybody could have actually got in. Uh, and went for, to become an auto electrician. However, there were no places left for auto electricians. And I said, well, what is there left? And there was left a uh, parts. So it was a parts and accessory. Uh, so it was logistics. And, and uh, so it was. A, I, I became a partsman for Harper Motor Company. That's my first job. Uh, Harper Motor Company was a Ford dealer, one of two very large Ford dealers in Aberdeen at the time. Both taken over by Arnold Clark eventually in about two and a half years after I joined. So about 1987, 1988. And I left there to finish my apprenticeship with Lawrence O'Kenney, who I was with for 15 years. And I was in the parts department for a good chunk of that time and then went on to sales. So actually, a little story with that, David, was, was how I actually fell into the car sales side of things as well, was... I was in, in the parts side. Didn't see a huge future in the parts side because there was a two quite young guys in as a sales manager, sorry, parts manager role and assistant parts manager role. It was a huge set-up. Lawrence came at that time, big Vauxhall dealership in in, in Kermany. And uh, I got the opportunity to go through. They were struggling. When Mr. Lawrence actually left, there was a lot of older salesmen at the time. And so they all retired at the same time, just after Mr. Lawrence actually retired and they were, you know, left without obviously salespeople. So I was given the opportunity at the weekend to go through, first weekend sold three cars and absolutely loved it. So that was me into the car sales, I then become sales manager Lawrence Academy, and then a really bad patch uh, after expanding too quickly and all to do with obviously the import side of things in the in the 19, early 1990s and... Uh, I left in 2000, sorry, it was the late 90s, I should say, and I left in 2002 to set up my own business uh, with my wife, Gail, and we opened the doors in the first of February 2003, and we have been in the go since then, so it's 17 years, we've grown from two people to 16 on the payroll.
0: Just kind of take a wee step back there then, Jim. Obviously, um, you kind of was uh, coming from a farming background and going into like an electrical uh, apprenticeship, was it always kind of a, in your mind, always like a kind of hands-on sort of job you were looking for? Or is that kind of just what you'd you'd known growing up? Yeah, I I I think, well, I mean, you'll you'll know yourself,
1: David. I mean, there's there's a definite, you know, instinct when you're in the farming side of things to kind of lay your hands to to absolutely anything. I think anybody... Mm -hmm. And, you know, from a farming back background, understands the whole ethos of hard working. You know, there's mm-hmm. absolutely no, no doubt in my mind about that at all. And we find that as well, because we find that that country people, when we employ country people, it's a, it's a really odd thing. But country people are a lot easier eh, and a lot harder working than than, than townspeople. That's what we find, eh, certainly over the years eh, for for employment. But yes, I mean. I would love to get involved with the the, the, the auto electrician side of things. However, obviously that that was not available, so went into the part side of things. But I was really good with numbers. You know, I, I did really well at school. Well, I hated school, but <laughs> that's another story. Uh, I did really really well at school. You know, I, had, uh, I finished school with seven O grades, which is the uh, the old old the uh, old style of, uh, qualifications. But did very well in maths and English, and and uh, that gave me a good setting for 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 my career. You know, so.
0: I, so I guess um, in the Lawrence set sort of setup, when you got the opportunity to go into the sales, is that maybe something you'd ever considered before that? Or just kind of because the opportunity was there, you thought you'd give it, a, give it a go sort of thing?
1: It's funny, David, because I, I, I never ever seen myself in the, in the sales role at all. What I do, you know, it, it, the funny thing is, you know, people often ask me, you know, do you love, you know, you know, you know cars? You must be really into cars. I'm, I'm not really into cars. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's really unusual, and and people are often surprised with the fact that I'm not really into cars. But what I really enjoy about my job, and I always say this to people, the best thing about my job is I meet so many different people, in 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 the sales role, and you get an opportunity to speak to these people for an hour, a couple of hours, whatever it takes to, to to get a deal done, and uh, you know you get a bit of background, you know you get a. You know, you get to a little bit of taste of their life. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, there's hundreds and likely thousands of people I've spoken to over that period of time. You mm-hmm. know, since, since, you know, since I started in sales, and it's really fantastic. And a lot of these have become really good friends of ours You know, both Gail, yep. Gail and myself over the years, and certainly lifelong customers as well. You know, so, but, so, my job, you know, what I love about my job is more to do with it with a meeting customers you know it's meeting people yep. I love meeting people I love you know asking that. My, my wife Gail often says Jim you're just so nosy you always ask questions you know I mean you're just being nosy maybe uh. nosy you know I think asking questions of people is the you know people like to speak about themselves and you know you've obviously seen that opportunity David and the reason why you've lately done this podcast people love speaking about what, what they've done in the past and give them a give you a back a back story or a brief history of, of, of their life and, and, and their families. you know so yeah
0: absolutely and, yeah, and you'll have I guess you'll have probably you say l- l- lifelong customers you've had you've probably seen maybe some people come in maybe buying their first car from you and they've maybe stayed customer of yours for multiple years and decades oh, absolutely. probably absolutely.
1: to know, see them grow up sort of thing you know i mean i, I mean you know the the, the the certain number of customers I know, I know out there who have bought their first car from when they, when they turned 17 so their mom and dad's actually come in with them uh, and, and family members and they've actually taken their kids to come and buy their first car from mm-hmm. which you know puts a real smile on my face i mean it, i think it's phenomenal that that degree of loyalty is is, is still prevalent today, yeah. you know. But I think I think it's I think it's due to I think it's just due to how we treat treat our customers. David I mean you're a customer <coughs> ours. So I mean you know you can almost ask that question back to yourself. You know, it's how you feel how how did you feel treated? Because you know, we like to put ourselves, Phil and Phil and I especially like to try and put ourselves across as you shouldn't feel as if you're buying a car. You shouldn't feel as if you're actually dealing with a car dealer because we've got all got such a bad reputation over the years of being car dealerships and there should be no pressure when you, you should be speaking to a friend and getting advice and, and coming back with, 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 with a deal that you feel you're both comfortable with you know and, that, and that's how I think
0: we've succeeded over the years David. So. Yeah absolutely and I suppose it's it's that trust factor, I guess, as well is it, because I suppose it's it a big
1: thing.
0: But buying a car is probably likely the, the second biggest purchase anyone's going to make after buying a house, isn't it? So it's, you're talking sort of, sort of big, big, bigger numbers, and you are you need going out to you need know, buying a small item. It's a big item, so if you once you gain that trust um, and make create that relationship, it's it's plain to see that you can obviously keep that going for for many years, and obviously that that benefits you, and it benefits them as well at the same time
1: mean, So many car dealers over the years, and I've, I've seen them come and go, and even salespeople as well, just see it as being, and that's why we don't pay commission. You know, we, we don't pay commission based on the one sale, because you'll only get the one sale. And it's very easy to sell one car. It's not as easy to retain that customer. You know, That's the hard bit, is to retain that customer. And that's what we're all about, is building those long-term relationships to ensure, obviously, customer in the future. Plant the seed so the tree grows.
0: Mm-hmm. So, when you when you say you don't pay commission, is that uh, to the staff? The staff aren't on yeah. a commission basis?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, mm-hmm. since since I came into, you know, when we started our own business back in 2003, we took on a salesman in 2005, I think it was 2005, 2006. And I, you know, I it was a set salary. It was a set salary. And we've always paid a set salary all the way through. Uh, and, and, and the guys are still in set of salaries uh, coming through. But don't pay commission on sales because it's not just about the sale, it's about the looking after the customer. If you put too much pressure on the actual sale, you'll definitely sell cars, but you won't retain customers. That's my yeah, view.
0: All right. I, I, that makes perfect sense to me because I always, I mean, I don't have any much knowledge of the car industry itself, but I always kind of thought, you know, if, if salespeople are working on uh, commission basis, they're obviously going to be pushier to try and make that sale because you say they've got their own bills to pay and certain targets to meet and such, such things. So if, if they're not hitting their targets, that's putting pressure on them, which spills over into the customer relationship.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, we do set targets, David, because I mean, you've, got to have, you've got to have, I suppose, an idea of where you're going. And I hmm. mean, setting a target, setting a number, setting an individual target and a team target, I think is still important to drive people Mm-hmm. The reality is you don't get paid commission based on that. You mm-hmm. get paid a salary based on your ability to sell cars and your ability to
0: look after your customers. Yep. That's the point you get. Is that quite unusual then? Is there more and more people starting to do that? It
1: is, yeah. I mean, and, and, and one of the things, I mean, we're obviously speaking during this COVID-19 uh, outbreak and, and, and economic crisis as well. And one of the things that, that, that I've uh, I actually started to petition UK wide for David, just in the, in, the, in the very first few weeks of this, was when it became apparent that the furlough scheme, which is a fantastic scheme. I mean, I think there's no knocking, obviously, the government. government. There are people who obviously always felt, you know, they'll always fall through the cracks in, in, in any system, and they would they actually get paid, what they should get paid. But one of the things that became very, very apparent for a start, because the furlough scheme actually stated for a start, that those paid on commission, Will not get paid. Will not. Will only take a basic, basic. Okay, get paid in the basic. Okay. So that meant, you know, not only our industry but other industries where we see salespeople. They're only a basic. Now that basic can normally be between ten and twelve thousand pounds. You know, uh-huh. how can somebody who's got a family, who's got a mortgage, who's got a car, you know, how can those people manage to survive on eighty percent? Of you know ten or twelve thousand pounds, mm-hmm. then they're normally getting maybe you know two or two and a half thousand pounds a home, you know mm-hmm. it's, it's ridiculous because I mean that, that would equate to something about you know seven seven or eight hundred pounds.
0: Yeah, you know, it's,
1: it's, it's it's absolutely crazy, you know. So so I I petitioned for uh, through the IMDA, which is we're a independent motor dealer association, and we have got twenty nine thousand signatures in that petition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and we lobbied the government and we managed to get a change made now i don't take all the credit for that because there's obviously other people and associations doing that uh, as well david and mm-hmm. they're obviously lobbying the government as well but we did get a change so commission is now included in that 80 uh, payment so mm-hmm. it's a win it's yeah a win, and it obviously helps obviously a lot of farmers so.
0: absolutely and it'll make a, a huge difference as you say because if you're paying 800 pounds or whatever they're, it, Try to survive on uh, other eight percent of their basic, wouldn't it be? Quick, you
1: know, quick, quick story for you, just to give you an idea of of uh, commissions. Okay, so you know, here's, here's here's two stories for you. When I was actually working for Lawrence again at a time, so nineteen ninety five. So this would have been August ninety five. This was, we're now it's September the first, which is one, you know, one of two months. So you sell new cars with different registration numbers. It mm. used to be one. One date. So that was August the 1st, and every year used to be the new registration number. Yeah. So what you did for first, you know, June and July sales tended to be for August for your brand new cars. However, you didn't actually get paid the commission of those until the end of September. Okay. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, you basically had, had to budget yourself based on the fact you weren't getting a huge commission in June, July, sorry, July, August. But you would you would obviously get a huge one in September, and you pay a massive amount of tax in one mm-hmm. month as well. Now that was brilliant because back in you know 1995, I sold 97 cars in one month, you know, which I'm really really proud of. I would, mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a, such a shame I missed it with three cars, but no mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always be kicking yeah. myself for that. Uh, but but uh, you know, then the other side of it, and uh, you know, when my when my son was born. In 1996, okay, so that wasn't that far far forward. It was uh-huh. March 1996, and because it's always quieter during January, and February time, you know, I had I had less than twenty pounds in my bank on the 20th of March 1996 because I couldn't actually go and buy my my my, my wife a flowers to get to the hospital. So that shows you that obviously the roller coaster that was a salesperson that you've got to go through, you know. So, uh, it, you know, that's why. I made the decision not to pay commission on my salespeople to make sure that they're doing the best job for me and the best job
0: for my customers. Yeah, as as, as somebody's running a, a business with staff, you you don't want your staff under pressure to that extent because they're not going to you're not going to get the best out of them. So Correct, to me, absolutely. that seems like a, an absolute no brainer to do that. This podcast is brought to you by Clearview Window Cleaning. Clearview provide commercial and domestic window cleaning services across the northeast of Scotland with customers ranging from large multinational oil and gas companies to small independent businesses and homeowners. Please visit our website at www.clearviewwindowsuk.com or search Clearview Window Cleaning on Facebook to get in touch. You mentioned there the, the furlough schemes, so I suppose that's a, a, maybe a good time to, to speak about the, the current situation we're in with mm. uh, COVID-19 and such. So, how, is, um, what, What's the status of play with Jim Reed vehicle sales at the moment?
1: Yeah, so we've got, uh, as I said, 16 on the payroll. Uh, that's including myself and, and, and my wife, Gail. Uh, we've got two part-time. One, my daughter, who is actually on maternity leave, not on furlough. Uh, she's still on maternity, so she will she be, uh, be furloughed. But we've furloughed everybody else, uh, apart from myself and Phil. So Phil is is my son-in-law, but also my sales manager. Uh, and we decided, I decided, well, myself and Gail decided, to do that on the basis of, there's still gonna be inquiries coming into the business, and we need, obviously, to think it's somebody who is completely still motivated to do that, uh, you know, and, and make sure, obviously, emails are applied to, the phone calls are applied to, and so on and so forth. So the phones, are, you know, both service and sales phones, have been diverted to Phil's mobile over that period of time, since we, we closed about five, almost six weeks ago now, and Phil's been replying to all the sales uh, leads and also contacting customers, you know, just, just off, you know, we know, you know, we've got an el- you know, we've got quite an elderly database, believe it or not, because was a lot of customers have come from my days loans Lawrence Again with us. Mm-hmm. And uh, with that in mind, you know, they're in their you know seventies and, and potentially their eighties. So Phil's been contacting some of them, I've been contacting some of them as well just to see how they are, you know, mentally and physically as well, and making sure that obviously uh, you know self-isolating and uh, but you know we've 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 had to furlough the rest of the staff before. however you know we're, we're recording this on on the on the Sunday uh, yep. and the third of May tomorrow we will open up a skeleton staff with our service department tomorrow. We've okay. got bookings for the next three weeks uh, with a skeleton staff and hopefully once we start up word will obviously spread and I'll be on the phone tomorrow, and the whole week trying to gain more, more bookings. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, it's important to remember we've got to we've got to make sure that we're doing the right thing and doing the social distancing thing, because if we don't, there is the risk that we will actually catch coronavirus. And that's one of the biggest risks, and that does scare me a little bit. You know, it, it, it does scare me because it can happen to anybody, David, and that's yeah. the problem. It can happen to absolutely anybody.
0: I know it's it's, a, it's a, f- a difficult situation to be in because obviously you want you want to try and start opening up your business again but as you say you don't want it to be the, to the detriment of anybody's health.
1: I mean, I mean to give you an idea you know you know 2 weeks 2 weeks into yeah it must've been no it was actually the, the end of the first week of the lockdown and Phil had been keeping in contact with a customer of mine who's been a customer for years you know again since say uh, Vauxhall times and uh, he placed an order for a brand new Tig one, a lovely guy, this guy, and he'd been in you know at the early part of March to order his brand new Tig One from us, and he unfortunately lost his life to it. Oh, so yeah. that gives you that'll give you an extent of how close it becomes when it starts affecting you and your business and the people you know. And you know, I would class Bill as a very good friend of mine because he would just drop past. At any time, you know, and, and and just have a have a have a have a have a news and have a cup of coffee and just have leather, you know, just, just a lovely guy. And the, the irony of that, David, is, you know, I'll always remember Bill, for you know for being such a gentleman, but also for his handshake. And it is not ironic; it's likely been passed by a handshake. You know, uh-huh. and he always held on your hand just for that just a second longer. So you looked, you know, looked at your eyes and, you know, you always remember that day uh, with Bill and it's potentially cost his life. You know, it's, know. it's crazy, isn't it? Absolutely
0: yeah, terrible. Crazy. As you say, when it hits close to home my like God, it's, it's a bit scary.
1: It is indeed, absolutely, 100%.
0: So in terms of the, the, the actual business, you're, you said you're opening up the service centre. What, um, what other things have you been doing and sort of... Have you changed anything to your, obviously you've been shut down and furloughed most of the staff, but will there be anything changing going forward or implementing other yeah, stuff?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So so we made the decision within the first week to to get our website right up the scratch and, and obviously allow online purchases to be available on our website. So that is now fully fledged. It's on the website now. You're doing a, a £99 pounds deposit, which is completely refundable. As a distance sale, and you can order your new, you know, the car that you actually fancy. There are there are videos on like the ninety nine percent of the cars that are, that are on the website as well. So you can actually see the car, walk around with video, uh, plenty of pictures, get all the all the all the history on the car. And if not, you can actually phone Phil and he will organise that for you. You can actually do the finance on the car online as well, so you can do the whole thing completely remotely, and we will deliver the car to you a completely socially, you know, socially distance compliant as well. So so that's something that's obviously new to us, but it's going to be the future. You know, yep. that, along with that, and click and click, I think that's gonna be the two main things in the industry. The The, the great thing about it, you know, David, is, uh, you know, as I've said, a number of people over the over the, the last few weeks uh, when I've been interviewed is, is can you imagine if this happened 20 years ago when we didn't have the technology yeah. That we've got now because it would have been an it would have been mayhem. You know, it's caused enough problems as it is, but it must it would have been much worse had we not been able to, you know, do video, do Zoom calls, do podcasts, you know, do remote banking, you know, bank transfers, do finance, e cigs, you know. Technology is a fantastic thing, and this is it's times like these. It's when technology needs, you know, we need technology, and we just don't realise exactly what we've actually got in front of ourselves. And it's for dust to have. Yeah, there's no doubt to be that. But it's been tough, you know. It's been tough because at the end of the day, you know, we've been closed. You know, we have been closed. They I can't see the showroom gates being thrown open anytime. Just soon, I think it's given a couple of weeks at least, anyway. And it will all, all be social distancing. You know, It'll have to, that's going to be the new, as they say, the new norm, David. Yep. You know, that's going to be the new norm, absolutely 100%. It's going to be the, the social distancing. Again, one of the things that we've, we've lobbied the government for with IMDA is the use of trade plates and doing a unaccompanied test drives with, with trade plates, which up until now, only some insurance companies have allowed. And this is now obviously rolling out that we can actually do this as an industry wide. So mm-hmm. you can actually get insurance in place to obviously tell, tell how that, that happened. That's going to be a massive, massive change to the industry mm-hmm. and a massive help to the industry as well. Because it allows, I mean, can you imagine, you know, no one would want to go with a customer in a car as an no. accompanied test drive. So, you know, that okay. that's uh, that's obviously helped that as well. So
0: one, one thing I have noticed through this whole thing, you mentioned obviously the technology side of things, which I've often thought about, as you say, 20 years ago it would have been a complete disaster. But I've also noticed that a lot of people are being really quite resourceful in terms of the, you know, like yourselves, you set up this, you know, car purchases on your website. And mm. that's what I've noticed that until you, when you're forced to make a change all of a sudden, it's, it's been quite remarkable to see how many people have done a really good job at adapting themselves.
1: I think that's I think important. So. You know, I think so. I, th- I think I think it's all to do with you know what's what you know what's the two things that makes change happen, David. You know, that's, I've always looked at this. What's the two main things that that makes things change? And one of them is a desire to change. So you've got a real desire or a goal. You know that makes you change because you you know maybe maybe your business or whatever it was. The other thing that change makes you change is pain you know, and, 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 and pain will make you change, you know, and, and, and do things remarkable. Because, and when I mean pain, you know, the pain of the business, you know, you know potentially running out, of business, running out of money makes you change your way of thinking. It makes you be resourceful, as yep. you said, and, and, and look at different ways of either making money or getting in front of that customer in, in different manners mm-hmm. than before. You know that's that's the two main things that makes changes: is desire for change or the pain that's caused, so it needs to change uh, instead. And I think a lot of people and a lot of businesses have actually changed because of the pain element that's caused, you know, because we need to change. You know, I, I feel heart sorry sorry for, uh, for restaurants and, and, and pubs. I mean, how, how, how do they recover? You know, I mean, how do they recover from this? Yeah, you know, we're, we're complaining. You know about obviously the economy side of things, and we're and in and in a, in a, you know, but we found a solution already. Yeah. You know how, how, how does a how does a restaurant which parks it so many tables in because they need the know, know how many covers they need to get per night to make money, and it's one of the most, I suppose, uh, you know, competitive marketplaces that is the food industry. It's uh, tight margins. You know how you know how do they get to survive and they're gonna be the last to get going you know i mean how do they survive
0: it's it's yeah i i i'm the same as you are, sort of the the people that to me i think are going to be affected the most is a sort of leisure and industry and that sort of thing because you see because yeah. the, the nature of their business is having as many people as, at one time as they can in a venue that's just not going to be possible probably until they get some sort of vaccine for this thing um, yeah fine.
1: yeah it's a, it's a numbers game david you know mm-hmm. i mean so what we've looked at is in and what I think business in general has got to look at is the vaccine isn't anytime soon. I mean you know listening to obviously what's available out there is it's gonna be into next year definitely, you know, if not twelve months away. Mm-hmm. So we've got to we've got to as businesses adapt very quickly to to what is you know, going to be the new normal. That's you know that that that's reality. We've got to run more businesses with the risk of catching COVID nineteen. That's the reality of it. You know, but we've got to get back to some level of business because if we don't get back to any, you know, there's going to be so many jobs lost, and you know that can affect you know mental health. You know, one of the things that that's come out with the whole COVID thing is when was the last time you heard somebody speak about mental health? You know, you don't hear it the same. Whereas it used to be the, almost the buzz, the buzz thing to speak about, you know, prior to this. The reality is, you know, this lockdown is causing massive issues with, you know, mental health. It must cause massive issues with, with anxiety and worry. There must be massive issues out there. Especially, for, you know, if you're furloughed or you've lost your job or you've been laid off, whatever it is. They must have you know for businesses, you know, with restaurant owners and, 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 and pub owners who don't know when they're gonna manage to get back, David. That's the you know, that's the the thing. It's the you know, the, the economy needs to get itself sorted out because the the, the mental issues it's gonna cause for the green lines massive, I think.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, there's no doubt. Um the, the changes you've implemented in your business, as as some of them that you reckon you'll probably keep even beyond COVID-19 and when things do go back to whatever normal is going to be, you know, like the online car purchases, things like that, are You going to, some of the things you have had to implement by necessity, is that something that would probably stick with the business regardless?
1: Yeah, I think, I think, I think it will give the customer's choice, David. You know, online purchasing, the, the whole, you know, start to end system, which is now available on our website, is not for everybody, you know, because you've got to build trust, you know the people who will use that system potentially are the customers we've already got, you know, because they've already got the trust element built. But that's the whole thing about building your business based on your social media presence, you know, your, your reviews. So you've actually got that trust already built in. If you didn't have that trust already built in, you know, it's going to struggle with getting that trust across. So people will to press that button Give us a ninety-nine pounds deposit and do the wholesale online, yep. but that will be something that will be left, you know, beyond this as a choice for customers if they want that, obviously, a delivery straight to their door or not. As a case, maybe there's all, you know, you know, what we're going to do with the service side from tomorrow. We are, you know, it, it is collect, you know, it is, you know, home collection and delivery. That's what we do, and we do that until we can but it's not sustainable you know that's the problem it's not a sustainable business model you know we can't afford to have you know two or three people out in the road just doing that so it's almost like you know a restaurant opening back up but they've only got the third amount of tables and seats that they've actually got in the restaurant it's not sustainable so only one thing's gonna happen that's prices are go up and that's the worry for a lot of people when you know when this gets back, we're going to pay a lot more taxes because obviously the issues we've obviously got with the spend that the government's obviously made, but also everything's going to cost a bit more because the resources, you know, or, or the income based on obviously what the business model is isn't the same. You know, it's mm-hmm. got it's got it's got to be it's got to be different. But you're know, answer your question, David. Yes, I mean I, I think online sales will stay. Click and collect will be more prevalent, uh, without a doubt. Uh, there will be less people visiting the showroom. Uh, I would think uh, will will happily allow people to still uh, look around our stock, but I think a lot of more of it's going to be based on video. I think we you know we're up to, we're up to scratch with the videos anyway. I think there's going to be a lot more of that. We're going to do a lot more video, you know, handovers. For instance, you know if somebody used to pick up the car and they've done everything online, we will actually video all the switch gear. So we'll go over the customer. So you know this is the indicators, this is the wipers, this is the lights, this is, the, you know, this is how you work the, 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 the radio and sat-nav, this is mm-hmm. the air conditioning. We'll show all the switch gear and we'll send that video prior to them picking up the car. The great thing about that, and you know, these are some of the positives as well that comes out of this, is the fact that those customers can actually go back and say, oh, what, what, what was it, Jim or Phil said about obviously the the, the aircon or the or the climate control? You know what did they say about that? Look back in the video that they've actually been sent, rather than just to be you know that once over, once we hand the car over because that's what we've been used to now. But we've got to change. You know we've got to change. We've got to change out of, uh, out of necessity. We've got to change out of the uh, out of the ability to to deliver obviously a service to our customers. Yeah, that's without an absolute shadow of a
0: doubt so i guess you'll have um in the years that you've been in in the, in the industry up till now you'll have seen massive changes over that time and it's sort I of guess coming into now with a social media age if you like i, I noticed that kind of a senior general vehicle sales social media presence and such like and i think it's actually to me like i said i'm not a social media expert or anything but to me it looks like you they're quite ahead of the curve in a lot of things that you've done over the mm. uh, time. sort I've got videos and such like, so is that, was that, I that ticket that was a, a conscious decision on your part to, to embrace that as much as possible.
1: You know, the social media side of things, it looks like an overnight success for us, but it's been hard graft to get to our stage. You know, we've been eight years in the making of our social media, and we've made sure that we we're doing it properly. You know, and, and, and that's getting that voice and tone and sound, and words, and, and brand, all across all the, the social media uh, platforms, and, and it gives you, it almost, you know, it, it makes me laugh a little bit, because everybody, you know, direct messages, like the Twitter, or Instagram, or, 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 or Facebook, or whatever it actually is, or LinkedIn, and they always say, they always say, hi Jim, you know, the majority of it's actually either Phil or Greg, you know, but they think it's just Jim because it's the same voice all the way through. And that's the great ability, obviously, of social media. But the social media aspect is massive. And again, it's just going back to what you said earlier on. It's about building trust. It's being transparent. It's being, not scared, but putting your head above a part of it and, 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 you know, putting out there, obviously, what... Your opinions are, what your thoughts are, and and giving customers advice. You know that's mm-hmm. what social media is about. And you know it's, it's been it's, I you know, we love social media. We absolutely love it, and that's I think that comes through. I think that comes through with obviously what we do on Facebook, especially mm-hmm. because you can actually see with the videos and there's a bit of fun element. But I've, you know we learned very early, it's fun but you can't go over that threshold of being stupid. You know what yeah. I mean? You've got to... There's a threshold, and you've got to watch you don't step over that. You know, you can be opinionated, but you've got to watch you don't go over that. You know, did I get involved with politics? <laughs> you know, yeah. that's 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 definitely a, a no-go area. There's many no-go areas that you, you... You know, you can cross your thoughts, but without actually being too opinionated, and you've got to be careful of that. Mm-hmm. Because I can... I can't go, <laughs> I can't tend to go over that, that threshold.
0: Well, we all, we all can at times. But, uh, it's, I guess it's obviously being mindful of when you're in a, a work setting, obviously you've, just like any other workplace, you've got to think about what your image yeah. you're putting out there. So from, from the start of the social media thing then, was that something, have you, have you sort of done all that in-house or have you had any sort of advisors come in and sort of teach you about the social media stuff or is it what kind of self-taught stuff?
1: Yeah, so, 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 so the majority, I would say 90, you know, 95% has been self-taught. Absolutely. Uh, we came from, you know, Phil was very much, you know, turn the clock back, say, eight or nine years, maybe eight or nine years ago. You know, very much into, Phil was very, very much into the Facebook side of things, because he was obviously a lot, lot younger. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not actually on Facebook, David, believe mm-hmm. You know, I'm, 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 I'm not very old, but I've just couldn't be can't be bothered with the whole Facebook thing. I was I was on Twitter, you know, I was on Twitter. <coughs> I was really one of the early ones on Twitter and did very well. I did not do Twitter so much now. Uh, much more on LinkedIn, because LinkedIn tends to be, you can get across your views in a professional manner. And, mm-hmm. and I like the, the tone and the feel of LinkedIn. Uh, Facebook we do it as a business. So, you know, it's a Jim Revy vehicle sales and service It goes out on the, on, the, on the Facebook side of things. And we have a lot of fun on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, Instagram obviously tends to be obviously pictures and videos of, of cars, and I think even Phil's uh, looking at Dublin them on on, on on like TikTok and things like that as well. So, so but I mean you you've got to have your brand out there because yeah. the more times you're actually seen with your brand inside of things, the more opportunity you've you've got of not being forgotten about. You know, Absolutely. You know, th- there's a great saying out there about you know. Uh, if you're not seeing, you're you're forgotten, aren't you? You know mm-hmm. that's that's what I do. I remember, I remember a customer of mine saying, hey, David, you know, because obviously we do a lot less in 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 the, in, in the press because you know there's less newspapers, obviously sold. Mm-hmm. However, you know, even looking at that level of advertising, I remember a customer a few years back saying, hey, he phoned me and he said, oh, he says, you're still in business, are you, Jim? And I says, yeah. Uh, he said, I've not seen you in the paper for a while advertising. <laughs> and, and I thought, you know, you know, farming, farming community, you know, yeah. generation. But I thought, you know, that for him was his measure if I was there or not, mm-hmm. was the fact that I was advertising. And that, you know, we've got to be mindful of these things as well, because, mm-hmm. you know, our customer database goes right across over to the age groups. And, and there's still customers, obviously, who buy papers. And I tend think, to I think they're, you know, Fifties, sixties, and seventies, eh, and, and and beyond that buy still newspapers, but there are still customers customers in there who buy the the, the paper, and, and we should still advertise in there. So,
0: yeah, I I guess it's easy to sort of get consumed with the the new latest up to date stuff, and you say maybe yes, kind yeah. of forget about the traditional side of things. But um, you, you mentioned there you mentioned sort of Phil a few times. Just mm. query about obviously it's very much a family business yourself and Gail. Um, mm-hmm. Laura, your daughter, and her husband Phil. How, how how is that dynamic within the business, and in terms of, sort of keeping business to business and having sort of private <laughs> private time, private time? How does that work?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's a uh, it's we 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 made it packed very very early on, David. You know when uh, Phil actually before Phil and Laura were married. So this has gone back. You know, this, well, it's almost 11 years to the day, I believe it, The fell was actually, it was May the 1st, uh, 11 years ago, that he was actually taking on full-time. Mm-hmm. So, he, he came to me just to get a bit of background. So, so Laura and uh, Phil have been group for a little while, and uh, Phil was at university uh, studying graphic design and, and photography as well, he was doing. He'd left school, obviously, so went to that side of things. And they... Uh, we were starting up, sorry, we were obviously selling cars down the road, open seven days with a sales guy, full-time sales guy obviously there and doing particularly well and, and always busy and, and Phil, I invited Phil along to, to give a wee hand, you know, washing cars and delivering cars, things like that, on his time off when he was off of university because as you know, university, you, you spend more time off days off than you, than you do in mm-hmm. so so he was there with regards to that but the opportunity arose when the salesman actually left and we were just about to move into our new premises where we are now that was 11 years ago in, in July and they uh, I think myself, I can't open this business and we was going to through the the last you know economic nightmare in 2008 2009 and uh, I thought I can't move in there than just, just myself. So I thought, well, maybe see if I can get another salesman. And Phil came to me and said, would you, would you actually think that I could actually do that job? And I went, oh, possibly. You know, I mean, I, I don't know. But I mean, we, you, the great thing about it is, if you've got a blank sheet of paper, you can do anything with it. And Phil so we'll give you a go. We'll do it for three months, see how we get on. Phil, and they see how you enjoy it and see if it's, if, it, if it's working or not. I says, but what we've got to remember is if our family as well, and if, you know, you and Laura are obviously serious at this time, and we've also got this business, it can't, you know, it can't affect either relationship. So we've got a work relationship and we've got an out-of-work relationship in the story. And that's worked really well. You know, it's worked really well through the years, and it's yes. I mean, there's always, you know, there's always times when when we've had a busy week or whatever, and maybe Laura and Phil and the kids are up for or something to eat on a on a, on a Saturday or Sunday night or whatever, and you know we do get into into you know what's happening the next day or or you know what's happened the previous day, and we'll discuss that. Obviously, we're terrible to, to the frown of Gail and Laura, but they you know. They, there's always got to be that you know. There's got to be a mixture in there. Yes, it's hard. It's 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 hard. It's issues. You know, over the years, it's hard. Uh, you know, we've had a we've had a lot. Well, I wouldn't say a lot of blowouts, but we've had you know two or three that I remember dearly where we've had the uh, you know uh, you know shouting matches. <laughs> that's uh, but that's inevitable. You know, it's it's a stressed it's a stressed place. You know, it can be very stressful from the business and. Uh, Phil takes everything very, very seriously. You know, he does he does his job fantastically well and delivers a fantastic service to our customers and he's passionate about it. You know, the, the there's a saying out there about nobody's as passionate about your business as you are. I think Phil's almost as passionate about our business as the 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 myself and Phil, uh, myself and, and Gail are, you know, because he's really passionate about making sure it's done done properly. And uh, uh, yeah, so I mean, so, so so that's you know Phil and and, and Laura wax part time. She's a midwife, but she's she's had two, uh, two grandchildren. Uh, we've now got so uh, oh. uh, Aria is just three, just over three, and Murray's six months. And it's, but she's kind of hoping to come back uh, within the next kind of few months to to obviously deliver cars and so on and so forth. So yeah, see how so, yeah, oh,
0: that's good. Uh, you, so I, I don't know. You've, I don't know if this is maybe crossed your mind before but to me it's kind of it's almost like a little bit of history repeating itself with, with Phil and the fact that he came to sort of work as a salesman for you with no previous experience and no real sort of open desire to do it, it kind of like you did back in the, yeah yeah it's, it, 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 it,
1: it's, it's funny isn't it you know it's, it's funny and I often think about that as well David you know I, I often think about obviously the fact that you know, but, but again Phil's very much a people person, you know. Mm-hmm. You, know, if, you well, I mean, you, you, you've met us out in, in Inverurie a couple of times, David. You know, you've met us in the pub. You know, I don't think I don't think of myself as a car salesperson, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And Phil doesn't come across as a car salesman either. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think either the two of us do. But that is what you know. I, what I, what I, you I happen, happen to be, a, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. But you know, doesn't it define you? You know, mm-hmm. because because we're people persons you know that's
0: what are. We're. we're people people you know. yeah I, I finally should say that because i i have that exact same thought about myself I and mean, you obviously know i've got a window cleaning business but i i don't think of myself as a window cleaner i just think of myself as somebody that ha- happens to have a business that cleans windows
1: correct
0: but i mean so i guess it doesn't really matter what the subject matter is um it's, it's about being passionate about providing the service. And maintaining the business itself, regardless of what you actually do.
1: Absolutely, completely agree with you. Hundred percent, hundred percent.
0: And you know you mentioned there—that kind of you were uh, open, used to be open seven days in the showroom. Mm-hmm. I notice that's not the case anymore. Is that was that like a conscious decision to sort of give yourself just a bit more time away, or what's the sort of theory behind that?
1: Yeah, so I mean, that that decision was likely made about, about five or six years ago, David. It was likely. Just was it just about the same time Laura and Phil got married, I think it was 2014, and it was May again as well. And I think we actually closed that weekend, and I thought, well, if we we close that weekend, and what we did was, we did about a bit over, of, over a six-month period, what we did was we measured the amount of people who come in and bought on a Sunday, and you know whether those people had actually been in on the Saturday anyway. Or for fresh people in on a Sunday and what we found was the majority of people who come in on a Sunday were the people who couldn't decide to buy it on a Saturday <laughs> so we decided that you know there was not a lot of fresh people coming in but you know we'll miss if we're not open we'll miss opportunities there's no doubts with that at all but as a family business we decided that you know let it be grandchildren in the future which there has been mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we would like to have a family day, and that is what you know. That's what we've planned out. So we're going to have a family day, and not forgetting, you know, Liam and Shannon. Uh, you know, either because I mean, you know, Liam, my son, uh, who isn't in the business, who, but it's often down obviously, at the garage. He's a, actually a helicopter engineer, and the uh, and his fiance Shannon, uh, they're actually getting married next year. We're going to, and Shannon is on the front line with the NHS. She actually deals with the well, not necessarily front line, but she's actually on the biochemistry side of things uh, in the NHS so so you know we're all trying you know every maybe second Sunday something like that we'll actually all meet up at the house here and and they have something to eat and and, and drink and whatever you know so Mm -hmm. all good stuff
0: all family stuff yeah absolutely it's it's good to make that decision decision to have that time and as you say maybe not just staying open on a Sunday because it's been what you've always done or what the rest of the industry does it's kind of as you say, you took a sort a of measured approach to it and, and found it probably wasn't really worth the trade off or of eating into your your personal time
1: you know we all think money is, is is the most important thing David I think I think that as a society I think we've all you've know, been drummed in that's you know money is the most important thing money is not the most important thing time is the most important thing you know time is the is, is a commodity you cannot replace you only get a set amount of time and mm-hmm. you've got to make sure the, the, the thing about time is as well you don't know how long your set amount of time is, actually is so mm-hmm. you've got to be as resourceful as possible with it you know the, the great thing I was actually just thinking today I was just saying to Gail today you know, uh, I'm actually going to miss lockdown it's a mm-hmm. crazy thing to say isn't it but I'm getting to miss lockdown because there's no pressure on my time yeah you know, there's no pressure on my time. And there's no pressure on Gail's time. Mm-hmm. So you get on so much better because there's no pressure on your time. And yep. you know, I I spent you know I'm I'm not a lover of my garden, David, but I've got a big garden. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> staying out in the in rural and brewery, and I've got a decent-sized garden. And I hate weeding, but I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed because normally it's like you know that's two hours of a day. You know, gone. I'll never get back. You know, I mm-hmm. spent you know four or five hours out in the garden today. You know, yeah, fantastic. You know, and it was fine because you know plenty of time. But there was no thought of me going. I'm missing out on something because I can't go anywhere. You can't go anywhere. I'm restricted. Yeah, you know, I'm restricted to go anywhere. Anyway, so mm-hmm. it was it was time well spent in there. And when you've got that in your mind, always nagging you about, your mind, I've got to pack in so much things my day off. You know, that is pressure on ourselves, and that's one of the things. One of the things about lockdown which I think if we've not grasped it now you should grasp it over the next you know week or two weeks however however long we're gonna be locked in for. You know, because you'll never have this time with your family ever again. You know, and you should actually grasp it with both hands. Yeah. Grasp it with both hands. Because you'll never get this over to you. I've never ever spent this amount of time with my wife who I've been married with married to for almost 30 years, yeah, we've never been together as long a period as this, you know, it's crazy isn't
0: it? Yeah, I think, I, personally, I, I hope that's something that we all take out of this, is that we appreciate how how much, how valuable time is, and what you can actually do with your time, rather than running about like headless chickens all the time. Well, that, that, that takes me into, that's a good, good place to sort of go into the outside of work time that you do spend, um, you mentioned that you are not a lover of cars, so I don't imagine you've got a hobby that's restoring restoring cars. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so what, what do you do with your time off? I mean, I would
1: say, I would say that car. I don't like cars. I've got an old, I've got an old Porsche. Believe it, I've got an old Porsche Boxer, which I love. Uh, I, I run out in maybe on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon, especially with nice weather. Uh-huh. Uh, it's you know, an old, the original two point five, then six Porsche Boxer, uh, silver thing. It's it's a lovely car to drive. it, a lovely tone. And it's good for, a, you know, 15, 20 minutes of drive. I so do, do that every now and again. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside that, uh, and one of the biggest misses we're actually having just now is obviously grandkids coming around. Uh, Aria is just at a brungy age. She's just over three, almost three and a half. And she's just fantastic. You know, it's great. It's great having grandkids because you actually... It's sad, really, because you, it's a time you should actually spend with your kids. Uh, but you, the pressures of work at the time you don't mm-hmm. spend this level of time with your, with your kids. But Arya is absolutely fantastic. And, and, and Murray, uh, we've had some now sitting up himself and things like that as well. He's just six months old, so we, we, we miss, obviously, the, the, the grandkids quite a bit. And anyway, mm-hmm. spending time with grandkids over the weekend is, is one of the major things. Laura coming up past the weekend is, there, is, there, is, there, is there another thing with the kids. Uh, you know, a bit of, a bit of gardening, uh, you know, we we'll, we'll love walk. we've got an 80-year-old uh, Border Collie who loves to walk and we do a lot of walking, you know, feel uh, nice. so, so, and, and a lovely house uh, in the country, so, I mean, I mean we we'll, we'll like, you know, we we'll like things like, just a simple thing like, I run out to, you know, Cullen Beach, you know, walk mm-hmm. along Cullen Beach, Nairn, we love Nairn, Old Medi, we're such, you know, we're so lucky in Aberdeenshire you know Definitely. you've got He mm-hmm. one day up in hills and you can go to the beach the next day you know and we're, we're so so lucky uh, mm-hmm. with the with, with, with the with the landscape we've got such a beautiful beautiful place in the in, in, in the, in the country somewhere north step you know so.
0: yeah absolutely If I've always said that Scotland in general if it, if it had if you could guarantee good weather in the summer you would never have to go abroad because there's so many great no, things yeah. to go and see and uh, do so that, oh, that's fine Jim Thank we've covered quite a, a lot of good stuff there and thanks very much for your time uh, just, just before we, we go where where can everybody that's listening where can they find Jim Reed Vehicle Sales online etc
1: yeah absolutely so our website is very simple it's just the the, the name of the company it's jimreedvehiclesales.co.uk uh, so that's our website so that takes you to the service side if you want to put the service very easy to use because you've actually got you know you can, you can book a service and you can look at our stock. It's the two main things, obviously, on our website. Uh, you can contact me directly with my email, which is jim at uk. Uh, on LinkedIn, quite, quite active on LinkedIn. So it's, uh, you know, you can look us up on LinkedIn. It's quite easy, obviously, to find if you just put in a search bar. And uh, we're obviously on Facebook, uh, really active on Facebook. And you should, if you don't already do it, David, is uh, tune in. Laura and Phil have been doing for the last four or five weeks now a Friday night quiz. Just right. there, but yep. Friday night quiz. Uh, it's a it's a virtual pub quiz, and it's fantastic. There's there's, there's not like only a hundred people uh, tuned into it on a Friday.
0: Friday That's good. Night.
1: And they uh, they do a fantastic job, at it and. Uh, and the winner actually gets a free pizza to the house. So. Oh, well,
0: oh, if that's the case, I'll, I'll definitely be on next week then. Definitely.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, fantastic. Oh, well, thanks again, Jim. That's been great. Uh, and thanks very much for your time this afternoon. And
1: thanks very much for the opportunity. Thanks, David.
0: Thanks again to Jim for giving up his time to come on the podcast this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you found this episode. Just search for Business and Chill Podcast. Drop us a line at businessandchillpod at gmail.com or follow us on Facebook by searching Business and Chill Podcast. Until next time, let's get back to business, but don't forget to take some time to chill.